The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. A judge is ruling against government agencies contacting social media companies. I don't get it, though. Parsing the relationship between politics and what's online. The idea that you can't actually make a phone call is crazy to me. I don't want to be given news that's filtered through whoever's in power. And what's Elon Musk's role in all of this? You knew there had to be one. The power of one man tweeting with Musk biographer Walter Isaacson. He puts it so hard on the scale and is so dismissive, like cisgender type tweets, that he may help balkanize social media, which I know he doesn't want. Balkanize it so that the left and the right go to different social media places. Plus, CEOs, they make a lot of money. They feel like what they're doing for companies, you know, God's work, I know. It's Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. We've still got fireworks here. Jeez, some of the stuff I see this Joe Kernan say, (laughs) I hope that's not him. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Andrew by in three, two, one, cue Andrew. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Happy 4th, everybody. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan and Courtney Reagan, who's hanging out with us for all three hours this morning. Becky's off today. Uh, three hour sentence. <laughs> could be. You can't Hopefully really. Hopefully not. It'll be, it'll be three hours really of fun. Three hours of fun. So much fun. It's going to fly by. It's going to feel like three minutes. You can't appeal this sentence. I don't think you're here. I not at this try. point. Not, not at this point. point. A federal judge, uh, we talked about this at the top, issued a broad preliminary injunction yesterday limiting the federal government from communicating with social media companies about content, online content. He ruled that the Biden administration's officials, uh, the policing of social media posts likely violated the First Amendment and the ruling bars White House officials and multiple federal agencies from contacting the companies with the purpose of suppressing political views and other protected speech. And this case was brought by Republican attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana, accuses the Biden administration of pressuring the platforms uh, to scrub away disfavored views about COVID health policies, the origins of the pandemic, and also the Hunter Biden laptop story, if you were wondering, yeah, that's mentioned. Uh, election security and other divisive topics, the Justice Department has argued on the government's behalf, saying it took necessary and responsible actions to deal uh, with the pandemic and foreign attempts at election interference. The DOJ is expected uh, to appeal the injunction. This is a far cry from what was the, tr- remember they, were, they had a, a truth Orwellian truth thing set up they had the person that remember the the individual that they had that was going to run the thing and yep. then that all fell by the wayside and this is almost sort of a uh, I guess this is part two of that that whole effort uh, kind of kind of interesting though some people like censorship it's kind of switched hasn't it, it used to be a big uh, ACLU lefty thing uh, First Amendment now it's like so many things have switched. I don't get it, though. 
What Could do you mean? Not. Well, you don't, you do want, I think it was bad that we, that, that it, if you said that maybe it came, it was lab generated, that, that that had to be banned. That was bad. Well, no, no, no. My, this, this is my view. Free market is that Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they can say whatever they want if they so choose, right? Right. And they should be able to accept emails and text messages from anybody, including people at the White House, whether it's the Trump administration sending those emails or whether, which he did. Are you sure? Whether, whether, it, whether it's the Trump administration or whether it's the Biden administration or whomever it is. And then it's up to those companies to decide whether to, quote, comply or not or what have you. Now, whether there's legal coercion or other things involved, that's problematic. But the idea that there can't be communication about certain types of topics um, from people inside uh, a particular administration, any administration, doesn't, to me this is apolitical, makes no sense to me. It's almost, it's, to me, it's almost a First Amendment issue on the other side, which is that everybody should have some form of First Amendment the point and be is, be able to reach out to the company. They be reach out to whomever they want. The companies, by the way, don't have a. There, there's not a requirement necessarily that we can talk about two thirds section. No, that's what I mean. They, they, about they, whether they're supposed to be a town square or not. But the idea that you can't actually make a phone call is crazy to me. And I would imagine. Sorry, we got a bug in here. Uh, <laughs> is going to. I. I don't know how it would be upheld. It just seems tough. But you got all that protection from, you know, you're not going to get in trouble if you do it. So, I mean, if you do want a true town square airing of, of all different sides, you need to be allowed to do that, or it's, that's not what it is. I mean, you, you saw when it was abused. When it was abused, it was bad, especially when one side, you know, they're all gone now from Twitter. Now I guess people think it's the other side is, is in control. But there was a time when Twitter definitely was highlighting with much, much more veracity one side than the other. It wasn't fair. It was bad. But my, but my only I mean, you couldn't even be the are, Babylon but, Bee. But, but my only Twitter. point is that these, these are companies, these are media companies that can choose to write, say, do, publish what they want. That is the right. whole point. Well, the point is that you, you, you're okay if the Biden administration calls Twitter and says, don't, don't print that. I am a hundred percent as as long as there is not what and this is where it gets more complicated this idea of coercion this idea that i'm going to scratch your back for something on the other side but that's where it gets much pro more quo is the only time you wouldn't want that you i mean that it, to me i don't want to be given news that's filtered through whoever's in power at that time. I'm saying who, whoever's in power has the, I believe, has the right to say or do whatever they, they can, want. They can, they can, say can they say don't? They can, say can they say don't do it? Can they say do not print that? Do not print that there's anything Hold about on. lab uh, origination. Go, go back and look. Uh, the White House called up the New York Times when the Pentagon Papers happened and they said, please don't print that. Right. That and was, the New York Times... You weren't even alive. Then. I was not. But the point is that the New York Times... <laughs> Published the, the Pentagon Papers. Those were the good old days. That's no, no, when, but, but, but the, the New York Times. communication was Now there. it's the opposite. There, the was a, there was a line of communication. Those, there. Th there are times all the time where but people. But they did it anyway. And they did it anyway. Right. And by the way, I've been called over the years by CEOs in power, sure. politicians in power, all sorts if of people say who are trying to spin and push and control and say, please say this, don't say this, I beg you, this, right. whatever right, it is. right. right. Well, a lot of times it's... Well, they're not supposed uh, to be able, uh, allowed to do that? And then lot, hopefully it's on me and it's on you and everybody else 
to decide what the right choice hear, is. If, if, if it was a different administration, you might have a different take. <laughs> Honestly, I, re- I, don't I really you. don't. Well, I don't believe you. I, I, I mean, <laughs> if, if the Trump administration was... The Trump administration was just as in, prolific in with its thing? requests to these social media companies. For, for part what, of what they for, do, and as, it's part of our job to I, make the decisions on what is I publishable so. and what's not. Yeah, but a lot of times our job is... There's bugs over here now. Uh, <laughs> our job is not um, is not done fairly. The job that the mainstream media does, and that's that's sort of the problem. Well, that's look, on us then. But then yeah. that's on us, and you can decide that the it's mainstream us, media. All of, look, the idea that the mainstream media and the the alternative media and the who knows what used to be that you know the the alternative media used to be like the rags that you'd see downtown. That was considered alternative media. Today right. it's. You know, podcasts or yeah. something. My only point is, everybody, everybody has a, hopefully has a voice. That's the whole point of what you're saying. Well, the, the, what I, you know, what I have always liked, I, I guess I'm, I'm one of today's modern liberals. I want everything. I want to, I'll judge. I'll, if I don't like it, I don't like it. If I, but I want to see it. But you do get to be the judge because you then get I to do. watch all I, the different I, TV I networks. To. You get to read all the different websites. What's the, what's the situation? I'd like to see... Babylon B. I don't want him. I'd like to see can James go, Woods. But the point I'd is, like you can go. See, but you can go to Babylon B if you so choose. They have their own no, website. You can go to Truth Social. I need it on Twitter. Well, no, no. But see, that's Except I can only look at six hundred. See, that's of where I the difference say, is. You're get I, I where you get. say, where you say, you can only see it. You know, I need it on Twitter. Like that, these services have to somehow do it for you. The point is, you can go to Truth Social. It's available to the public. You can go read. Facebook, it's available. It's not that there's like one of these things. That's the great part about it. It's true. Because if I wanted to see anything on the laptop, I had to go to the post. But that's not good. There you go. But that's That's not good. But that's That's not good. We go from insisting to do the Pentagon Papers to not coming close to doing the laptop story. That's where we are in the world today. That's not good. Look, we can have debates about what's publishable and what's not. But the point is that why was it? What do you mean public? As, as a free, but as a free marketeer, don't you like that there's a free market and that the New York Post chose to publish that? Others might not have, and that and that's and then it, and then it's out there. That's I, the point. W- w- I don't know what what I'm seeing right now is I don't think the administration at this point. This is just yeah. you know, we have differing views. I, I don't think the administration is being held accountable for some really egregious things because you need a really vibrant New York Times, Washington Post on these things, and they just haven't been on a lot of these things. And we're relying on pe- on what you would call, what do you call them, rags from, from that, you know, the New I'm York Post. The, I'm saying, no, we're relying on that you know, to get any of this information. It's one of my first reads in the morning, so, you know. The New York Post? Don't, uh, let's not well, that's page, the New York that's Post. that's page six, but yeah. Um, but I, I mean, this is, if any of this, if there's, where there's smoke, there's fire, if any of it's true, it's really serious, some of this stuff really really serious and it's just being totally ignored by by most people it's almost like it's so important for their political uh you know whatever they whichever way they lean for that to be perpetuated that it's almost hands off it's frightening to me it's frightening to me and you know what i mean you see it look i think that there are lots of things that are troubling about what i've read about this if it's true right I haven't, unfortunately, but I don't think you, any Don't of you wish the best journalists in the world were, if it was, you know, on the other shoe, the best journalists in the world, which I know the New York Times, Washington Post, right. you would want them flushing this, just getting it all out so we know, so we can judge. And I don't think that's being done. 
and that's what I don't know about. I suspect it is being done and that there's a reason, and I hope it's not a political reason, that you're not seeing more stories about it. Well, now you're sounding like it's already been looked into and nothing was there. And that I I don't know. I haven't done it myself, so uh, I don't want to speak for it. uh. Let's talk about uh, the other big story of the morning in social media land. Twitter out uh, with an update late yesterday, this on its decision to limit the amount of tweets its users can read per day. Did you guys get hit by this over the weekend? Are we all such addicts that we all I, oh I, I did I did the blue check mark keep help. it the uh, if you don't want me looking at I didn't know I, no, I okay. my world I definitely I'm with Elon on that I went outside although it was hot uh, in a blog post the company said uh, that it would temporarily limit uh, or the temporary limits will help it detect and eliminate bots bad actors it says it wants to prevent those accounts from scraping people's public Twitter data to build AI models and manipulating people in conversations. The company said it didn't provide advance notice in this case because those actions it thought would have allowed those bad actors to try to alter their behavior to avoid detection. Now, Twitter also saying it's launched a new and improved version of its tweet deck. That's its dashboard that allows users to organize and easily monitor the accounts they follow. It said in 30 days, users must be verified to access tweet deck. That means paid, uh, effectively moving the feature behind that People were angry. My son told me that. People were angry, if I got that right. People were angry. You know, I scroll, doom scroll, whatever it's called. But you got 6,000, don't you? You get to do the whole 6,000. And and by the way, I'm such an addict, I surpassed it. Yeah. You surpassed 6,000? I mean, I must have because I was at the thing where it kept saying, you know. Did you ever figure out how you got it? He just uh, just gave you Woke up one morning and... uh, And you had it. and, And I had it. I like not having it because... Jeez, some of the stuff I see this Joe Kernan say, I hope that's not him. <laughs> I, I really hope that's not him. So I don't, it doesn't have a blue check mark. He has plausible deniability for, I mean, this guy's that nuts. guy. Yeah. That guy. AI Joe. Yeah, that's Squawk Joe. Yeah, or is it Joe Squawk? I don't even know which it is. Uh, oh, this is you, Courtney. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we talked about Twitter. Meantime, Instagram is expected to launch its Threads feature tomorrow. An update on Apple's App Store offers a brief description of the service, calling it a text-based conversation app. It says, quote, Threads is where communities come together to discuss everything from the topics you care about today to what will be trending tomorrow. Typing Threads into Instagram's search box brings up an icon of a ticket that links to threads.net. That site features a countdown, presumably, the launch of the new service. So just another feature of Meta or Instagram trying to sort of take somebody else's idea, mm. try to make it a little better, pick up on where Twitter's fallen down, perhaps. What do you think? You're going you're gonna to get on it tomorrow? I'm not in, on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. You know that. I, you know, my space is going to make a comeback. I'm waiting for that. You're waiting for that? I'm waiting for that. Um, Courtney, do not get used to 615 for the first block this is not uh, this, this is late we're late is, we're behind late. okay let's go yeah cheese will be next coming up more on social media and on twitter's new future with journalist and elon musk biographer walter isaacson i do think it's good that linda yaccarino is now focusing on a lot of the not all a lot of the aspects of twitter the rocket ships keep going up they keep getting to orbit Tesla just set a record on quarterly sales. So every time I get worried, I think, well, maybe I was wrong. And this is probably the right time to remind you to follow us on Twitter. We're still there, for now, anyway. 
The show's handle at Squawk CNBC, that is with a gold check mark. Joe Kernan is at Joe Squawk, and catch up with Andrew at Andrew R. Sorkin. More Squawk Pod is right after this. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod, today with Joe Kernan, Andrew Ross Sorkin, and Courtney Reagan. Here's Joe. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. It's a day after uh, 4th of July. I love Independence Day. I like fireworks. I like it on my dogs don't. My dogs don't. Uh, there are the, uh, the future. Never did get any gummies, CBD gummies. Probably should have gotten that uh, for them. I hear it works. For, for the dogs? For animals. I oh, hear it works. On, you're saying with fireworks. With the, what, you, did you notice that there's also a lot of, of heavy weather, too? Uh, you, it was. I don't know if you were yes. It, there was. So they were like, <laughs> they, I mean, they, they, we went from unbelievable thunder to just nonstop fireworks. And they're like, what? They have no idea. They have no idea. It's like the world, I think the world might be ending. The Biden administration is reportedly preparing to restrict Chinese companies' access to U.S. cloud computing services. According to the Wall Street Journal, the new rule, if adopted, would likely require U.S. cloud providers like Amazon and Microsoft to seek U.S. government permission before working with some Chinese customers. The Commerce Department is expected to announce the new policy in the coming weeks. The report comes, though, just one day after China imposed new export restrictions on key metals used to make computer chips. Meantime, a federal judge restricting agencies and officials from the Biden administration from having contact with social media companies. The move stems from a lawsuit brought by Republican attorneys general in Louisiana and Missouri. They claim that the federal government officials went too far in their efforts to encourage social media companies to address certain posts that they worried could contribute to vaccine hesitancy during the pandemic or upend elections. We're joined now by special guest here to talk about that and so many other things. I can't even get over it. Uh, Walter Isaacson, he's a CNBC contributor, professor at Tulane, Perella Weinberg advisory partner, and the author of the forthcoming biography on Elon Musk, highly anticipated Thank you. to come this fall. It's nice Thank to see you again. We got a chance got to spend it, yeah. some time together at the Aspen Ideas Festival just a week ago. I want to go first to the judge's ruling. Sure. What do you make of it? Do you think it will hold? What does it mean? You know, when I was writing the book on Elon Musk, I spent a lot of time on the 10th floor of Twitter headquarters watching Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, and others in what were called the Twitter files. Yep. And it showed all the influences that were coming from the outside saying, hey, don't print this about COVID. Don't print this about the elections, whatever. And I'm an old journalist like you. Yep. 
And I remember government telling us, hey, hey, don't print that story, or regular readers saying don't print. You're always getting pressure not to print stories. And initially, I thought, well, this is the way it's supposed to work. You know, Twitter gets to print or stop or, you know, curate what it wants, and government gets to put pressure on it. Right. But the more I saw it, and the more I saw the things that were coming out in the files, I realized it wasn't just a few requests. But it was a whole big government uh, collusion almost with private companies, thousands and thousands of things, suppressing normal information like the Barrington uh, Declaration on COVID, which I initially thought didn't make a whole lot of sense, but later on thought, well, maybe it did make sense. So I think it's right to say, hey, we went a little bit too far in allowing government to suppress information. I do think this is, I, I know Judge Daugherty from my home state of Louisiana and the Attorney General there. I'm not sure this is going to stay as it goes up in appeal the exact way it is, but I think it's a good warning shot to say, hey, government shouldn't be in the wholesale right. business of flagging here's information. Here's the question, and I, I, look, we were talking about this in the, in the six o'clock hour, and I was saying what, what you said as a journalist, which is there's a lot of people competing for mm -hmm. uh, either attention or trying to suppress things or saying don't I mean, publish this. How many times do you get calls this. from people saying Happens yeah. every day. And my perspective, and, and, and maybe you will persuade me now, <laughs> Joe was trying to persuade us earlier, um, is I've given up. <laughs> that, that in fact, if, if you want to call and say, you know, Elon Musk or, who may, or Mark Zuckerberg, please don't publish this, and he decides not to publish it, that's the sort of free market here. You're saying it's more than that, though. Well, I do think it's a free market. I think government should have a free speech right to yell and scream at people at right. Twitter or Meta, or for that matter, CNBC or Time magazine. I do think, though, that in this case, it just became a very large organized effort, and it was useful for it right. to get exposed. I think this ruling you probably is too far. Exposed. So you think that, okay, so right. the decision goes too far. Then the question is, is there a decision in there that would make sense to you, given what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I think you could say that if you use overt, real pressure, if you start threatening right. social media or media companies and saying, look, we really are watching you and we could bring antitrust cases against you if you don't do this, that goes too far. I don't think that happens, so I think this ruling is probably a little bit too far. But it's not like there isn't some smoke here. Right. Walter, you're such a... When it comes right down to it, we agree on, on, on many, many things. And, and you finally come sorry, yeah. kicking and screaming to, to, the, to the right <laughs> side of things, I've noticed. So Andrew was, was talking about the Pentagon Papers and the way it used to be. Right. Do you, do you notice a difference in, in the way yeah, some look, of our I'll great institutions? In I, I, don't you notice certain things aren't, cover, aren't covered that, that should be covered by whether it's major TV, the news networks or the Washington Post or the New York Times? It, it, it's, it may be covered somewhere, but it seems to be somewhat selective, almost as if they're... Yeah. How does that happen? Absolutely. And even before this ruling, I wrote in the book... At the end of the Twitter files section, I compared it to the Pentagon Papers. And I said that journalists in that period, in the Woodward and Bernstein Watergate period, and in the New York Times and Washington Post Pentagon Papers period, did not feel that they were partners of the government. They were, felt that they were supposed to hold the government accountable. And over the years, I've watched it happen even to me, 
where you know you think you're there holding government accountable, but then you're having a lot of meetings with people in the government, but, and they're convincing you. And I think that that has been a change since the Watergate years. It's hard for me to talk about these things because I may be talking about one of something very close to, you know, maybe an entity. It might, might be an NBC entity. But I saw an interview with recently with with Joe Biden. It wasn't a question, not a single question yeah, about any of the Yeah, but that's legitimate. If people want to do softball interviews, you've got a free pride to do it. What isn't legitimate... Well, okay, what about this, though, Walter? But you've we, seen we, that, you've seen we, that we, with Yeah, but uh, I know, but we count... Trump, you've seen it what, on other networks. I mean, I'm just yeah, saying but it's, we count on... Right, that's if you want to try to get to the bottom of what could be really, whether it's influence peddling or, or, or downright, it, it may have been enriching yourself through relationships where you're expected to do something at the highest levels of government and you don't have the greatest news organizations in the world tracking that down because they're, they're they want to protect i guess whatever political side oh look there's are. always been and there's almost a first amendment guarantee of it the right of the press to suck up to power if they want but it did used to be you in the era the of the pentagon it's, papers it's one side, it's, you it's, also had people who fought and i look at i look at the, the hillary clinton emails and i look and i think to myself where did the, where the reason that we all even knew about that was because of the it appeared in the New York Times on the front page of the New York Times. So I don't get the. So did the, so did the the Russia collusion. So we sure. we went so far. Nobody's interested in whether tens of millions of dollars changed hands for for influence. Well, you're still on the You're still on, on well, the Hunter. What, I hope. I, no, I understand this is that. not Hunter. This is Joe. Well, I think underneath it is about Hunter right this moment. Well, if, but if the, if the president can't go himself to to do these things, yeah, he's got someone else. I, it just I don't think. It, I, think it, I, I would hope that a vibrant press would hold government accountable regardless of which party is in power. But this was, I, I think right. when you look at this ruling, I'm going to get off the Hunter Biden and Biden I'm stuff not, if yeah. you don't mm -hmm. mind. But if you look at... Yeah. <laughs> Why? But I, I, if you were at CNN now running it, would you have been covering that more than they're covering it? I, I am not going to comment on that. I'm going to tell you that when you look at this ruling, which is a really important ruling underlying it is the notion that the press decided to form a partnership. Matt Taibbi, who was one of the writers, said that the government forced these companies to be unwilling collaborators. I think that's wrong. I think they became willing collaborators right. with the government. And that gets to your point that it's a lot different than it was in the days of the Pentagon Papers. Let me ask you one. Nixon was a Republican. One Elon Musk. Well, I have two Elon Musk Twitter questions. One is there are some people who say, look, the Twitter files exposed this, and that was actually very, very important. Helped yes. us understand a lot of these things in a way that we didn't know about. Mm -hmm. There's others that say he's a he's a uh, free speech maximalist uh, when he says he wants to be, but that in many other instances that he is in his own way suppressing either voices that he doesn't like or uh, there was an issue around. I think he said that the, the phrase cis, cisgender uh, was, was so offensive to him that if you were to use that, that on, on the platform, that unto itself uh, would, I don't know if it would kick you off the platform, but there might be a suspension or some, something would happen to you. And so there's people who sort of look at this, again, maybe through a political prism, maybe through a social prism. Um, what prism do you look at it through? When you read the book, it comes, doesn't come out till September, right. the guy's mercurial. And so, yes, both of those things can be right. He truly is a free speech maximalist in some cases. And then when somebody's tracking the tail number of his jet, doing many other things, he gets his backup. He is at times contradictory. 
I don't think he's acted on the cisgender thing, but there have been many other things where if it, he puts his thumb on the scale sometimes on Twitter. And here's the big thing is Meta comes along and tries to do a Twitter competitor. Well, that's where I want to go next, yes. Okay, well, uh, let's go there. Which is, uh, Musk told me many times that the goal he had at Twitter was to have a place where all sides of the political spectrum could be there discussing and combating. And he said it was really bad in social media, cable news media, talk radio, that people went to their own echo chambers, that the left went here and the right, right went there. Didn't want that to happen on social media. I think one danger is by doing some of the things you talked about, he puts his thumb on the scale to help people who on the right who feel they've been censored or suppressed right. on Twitter, which is good, but he puts it so hard on the scale and is so dismissive, like cisgender type tweets, that he may help balkanize social media, which I know he doesn't want. Balkanize it right. so that the left and the right go to different social media places. Where are you on what Facebook is doing in terms of this Twitter, you could call it competitor, some people call yeah, it, he would call it a copycat. Yeah, it's a competitor. This is the way it should be. You should have multiple offerings. I guess my hope would be that it would cause Twitter which has upped its game in some areas, you know, allowing video, allowing spaces, all working well, has some problems keeping the servers running at all times, but actually the engineering's doing pretty well. Maybe what, what Musk has done, which I don't particularly love, but he does, is make Twitter a more contentious place. You don't just lose people on the progressive left, you lose those reasonable people like you and me in the middle sometimes, and I don't know if Matt is going to be able to pick them up. And I think it's a danger in some ways that we'll just have so many fractured social media outlets. But then it goes to the idea of, frac you know, and this is where Elon and I are 100% agreement on the following. I think actually only one of these things can exist that will really work as a, as a town square. If you right, have a network effect makes it work. Right, the network effect makes it, makes it work. That if, you, if, if, if Facebook is successful, the question is, it would have to be super successful because you basically have to rip everybody off of Twitter, everybody off of Truth Social, everybody off of all these things to be in one place to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we're going to see how that plays out. The network effect means that if you're like birds flocking to a, a telephone wire, you want to be where everybody else is tweeting. Uh, I think that he's now going to be pressured, and so is Linda Yaccarino to say, okay, let's make sure this is a comfortable place so people don't fly to the other uh, wire. So we've got Elon Musk involved in so many businesses, running them, yeah. got his finger on the pulse of so many. How is he dividing his time? You've spent time with him. How much time is he spending You know, it's, it's totally amazing because I have spent hours and hours per day with him. And he can serially focus. Even the moment where his Twitter bid is accepted, He's down in Boca Chica, Texas, where they launched Starship, the rocket, looking at the Raptor engines and doing a two-hour meeting on how to simplify the uh, sort of heat shields underneath those 33 Raptors on it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you just got Twitter. How can your mind not be jumping around? But it's that, uh, it's that focus, and he's just starting an AI company now, XAI, because he's worried about 
what OpenAI and what uh, DeepMind Google are doing. So, so if you're, if you're, if you're a Tesla shareholder, you're not worried about the time that he's spending on Twitter? And I think SpaceX I would definitely have been XAI. worried. I do think it's good that Linda Yaccarino is now focusing on a lot of the, not all, a lot of the aspects of Twitter. But um, he still, the rocket ships keep going up. They keep getting to orbit. Tesla just set a record on quarterly sales. So every time I get worried, I think, well, maybe I was wrong. Before we let you go, um, when we came back from commercial, Courtney read a headline yeah. about what's happening with China, mm. the Biden administration, yeah. and cloud computing. It seems to be the next step in what we're doing around talking about AI and mm -hmm. what kind of chips we're allowing them to have. How far do you think this goes? Do you think it changes? Well, I think we've gone a little bit too far in getting adversarial to China, we have to be very specific of what we care about, and that's national security things. So on some of the chips, some of the technology, you definitely don't want those to be exported. Right. You have to find that germanium and other raw materials China's not going to give to us. But I think what you're seeing Secretary Blinken and others doing is cooling down the rhetoric, going there, Secretary right. Yellen going there. And I do hope that we don't try to decouple our economy from China or confront China. We have to learn how to treat them as adversaries, in some cases partners and others. And one of the things that happened on Blinken's trip to China is he brought up AI as a possible area where they should be joint cooperation. And the Chinese leaped at that. They said, yes, let's work on that. And all the way from Kissinger to the present on diplomacy, you'll always find certain tracks that you want to talk about. Yeah. So I guess we gotta go. So I can't ask you about CNN then. Well, you can ask, <laughs> but so, I, I just don't want to. I mean, I'm not. I was there 20. Years I, ago. I know when you were there, but you just saw what happened. There, you know, Malone said hire some journalists, get back to trying to be somewhat in the center, and so many dead enders are still there that Chris Lick basically didn't have a chance from from the very beginning. So what does Zaslav do now? What would you do at CNN? Would you would you? Well, just, I think I'm Would you just admit what you are and stay left? In, in, as, a, as an alternative to Fox, or would you actually try to bring it back to the CNN that you ran? Joe, uh, I ran it 20 years ago. I think I'm the only person would who you have run it like it was, Would you have run it like Zucker, like Zucker ran it? Look, every person's got to come along to the times they do. I do think there's a hunger. I'm going to say this generally to answer your question. There's a hunger now for really valuable information in the era of AI, in the era of social media, right. in the area of judges in Louisiana telling social media companies that what they couldn't do. You say this is really trusted information and you license that information to AI companies who don't want their chatbots to hallucinate but want them to get things right. I think there's a lane right now of producing highly reported, highly valuable information. Walter Isaacson, thank you, sir. Nice to see so you. So you're not coming back. Appreciate it. You're not going back. <laughs> Next on Squawk Pod, we know CEOs are paid a lot. But how much? $100 million much? They've got enough. They don't need any more money. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. 
absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Stand by, Joe. His mic, Q. Good morning and welcome back uh, to Squawk Box here on CNBC Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I know it feels like Monday, but it's not. It's actually Wednesday. I'm Joe Kernan along with Andrew Ross Sorkin, Courtney Reagan. Becky is off today. And uh, kind of a Monday, is it a little bit of a July 4th hangover? Maybe a little. Now to a piece in the Wall Street Journal on the world's highest paid CEOs. The journal compiling data on pay packages highlighting executives who made more than $100 million last year. They included the CEOs of Hertz, Peloton, Pinterest, and the man who runs CS Disco. That's a cloud services provider that caters to attorneys with a market cap of just about $500 million. Now, six of the 10 highest paid executives ran companies that weren't in the S&P 500, including Stephen Schwartzman, of course, from Blackstone, here in the biggest pay package overall at $253 million. About $190 million of that came in the form of carried interest and incentive uh, fee allocations. So a couple interesting things. So the journal says that some of these folks are getting paid enormous amounts of money. But uh-huh. if you look, for example, at the CEO there, so Senator Pachai clearly getting paid, it was 200 some odd million, uh, right. million dollars. But go to Barry McCarthy there at Peloton. Mm. The way they calculate this is very interesting. It's based really on their stock options. Right. His stock options today are actually underwater. underwater. In fact, they've gone down. So I'm not sure on a today basis, he would sit there and think I'm one of the top paid CEOs in America because, in fact, he may at the moment, unfortunately, uh, if he doesn't turn it around, he's trying um, you know, valiantly to get it to get it up. But at the moment, he's not even getting paid. Um, you know, Michael Rapino over at Live Nation, he's getting paid in a serious way. But Bill Reddy over at Pinterest, for example, just took that job. That's all stock options. And the good news for him is he's actually moved the stock up mm-hmm. um, over the past year. So it's a, it's a fascinating list. And as we were talking about during the commercial break, you know, Ken Griffith not on that list. Most hedge fund managers not on that list. Because it's publicly traded. Because they, they get CEOs. Exactly. Billions in a year. And then, of course, my hobby horse carried interest. If you notice, Steve Schwartz, yeah. a huge portion of his income coming in the form of carried interest. In fact, the spokesperson in the article said, that most of his income comes in the form of carriage. Yeah. Also dividends, the dividends should be taxed at, oh, that's what I don't know. The, if, the dividends should be taxed at ordinary income levels though, so I don't know how that would work. He'll argue yeah. without um, apologizing that carried interest should stay the way it is. Schwartzman. Well, of course. Rubenstein, all of them. Well, not just that, that position, not just, you? They've got enough. They don't need any more money. That's. I don't think that's the. I don't think. No, no. I don't think do that it. they. For for a policy reason. They do because they just think that. For you know, what? It's, it's a. They they would tell you that it's if it's not broken if, and don't right. try to fix it. it. That's what they would tell you, and right. that there's other partnerships that that benefit from it, and that they feel like. What they're doing for companies, you know, God's people, work. They do. I know. Otherwise, the a company. Is, why if, should it, they be incentivized in a way that every other uh, worker in America is not? Right. It's actually fascinating that we've decided that this is a special class of human. It's true. That should be taxed in a different way. Right. One man's view. I know other people have. It was views. almost done, and then cinema. What I mean, it was done. Kristen Cinema. Someone. I mean, who knows what goes on behind the scenes, but it was done. Well, we'll not gonna ra- it's not going to help that much. You've got to do something else. Either she's going to win. Will she win as an independent in Arizona? And if she doesn't, is she going to become the vice chair of Blackstone? Mm. Is there any reason you think that? 
What, which one? <laughs> <laughs> that she's going to take a job with Blackstone. No, I don't know that. I'm just saying, or will she take a job with Carl? Who, I, I don't know. You don't think that she... See, I would, I would suppress that on Twitter. I don't think you should be allowed to say that. You don't think so? No. But you can say I it right would. here on I CNBC. We should just Loud suppress it right here. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Thanks to Courtney Reagan for sitting in today. You can tune into Squawk Box every weekday morning on CNBC at 6 Eastern for the latest business and economic headlines from the free markets to free speech. The White House called up the New York Times when the Pentagon Papers happened and they said, please don't print that. You weren't even alive. I was not. And get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears when you follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen. That's it. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.